We on? Hi. How are you doing, guys? Good. Great to be here. I'm going to be really honest with you. The, the first session didn't go too well for me. That happens at times, okay? You have all your notes ready, ready to go, and it just didn't go well, I, in my opinion. I put the notes aside, and uh, I felt God said something at that point. So uh, we're going to kind of dwell on that, if anything. Do you want to stand with me? Come on, stand with me. If you've got your Bible, which you should have, if you, hold it. If you don't, hold your heart, because the word should be hidden in your heart by now. You've got your iPhones, what it may be. And repeat after me. This is my Bible, and I believe it. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I have the desire, determination, and discipline to be all God has called me to be. If you believe it, high five your neighbor and have a seat. You guys are wonderful. You guys are amazing. And I'm proud to stand here and speak to you guys today. Um, we're on this series called uh, The Acts. We're looking at The Acts, uh, the book in the Bible. And um, Richard and Mark have done well at explaining what the Acts of Jesus was and the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and my turn to speak about the Acts of the church. Um, and it's quite a, I say, a difficult one because we've got to go back a little bit to understand why the church is, what it is, and what it's supposed to do. So I'm going to try to allude into that, if you wish. But let, a means of an introduction, let's just look at Jesus, for example. He's come along, and he, he's born, he grows up, he's doing really well. And he gets baptized, he goes about the city, and he preaches this gospel saying, repent, for the kingdom of God draws near. Repent, for the kingdom of God draws near. He handpicks his disciples, his 12 of them, and says, look, I, I want you guys to come and follow me, follow my way, and we're going to change this world. We're going to change this city. We're going to change it all up. There's miracles, signs and wonders. It's lovely. It's amazing. There's a lot of stir going around the place, because right? he's, he's causing this stir of all these things that are happening. He dies on the cross. What the hell, what's going on there? He dies on the cross, yes, and he rises. He rose up three days later. And he goes back to the disciples and says, you know what, I'm here. And it was all part of the plan. It was all part of God's master plan. There's no longer distance between God and man. We're much closer now. Because I want you to go into all the world. I can't do it on my own. I'm in one place at one time. But I, I want you to go into all the world, spread out. But wait for the comforter to come. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come. When he comes, he will give you power to go and do great exploits. He will give you the power to change the nation. He will give you the power, because you won't be speaking on your own accord. You'll be speaking from a God perspective. You'll be speaking from the Spirit. So here they are in Acts, all huddled together, just like we are, seeking his face, saying, God, you promised that you would pour out your Spirit on your sons and your daughters. You promised on, your, on, on all the women that you, I, you would give me this gift this comforter, this counsellor, to give us the courage to go forth because it looks really scary out there. And it came. Holy Spirit came and changed their life completely. And they went around in Acts 3 and 19 having this sort of message saying, repent then and turn to God 
so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That was the heart of the message. Repent, turn your thinking. That was the same thing Jesus was saying when he was on the scene. Repent, change the way you think. Come away from what you've been doing and what you may have known, actually, and follow me. I've got a new thing in town. There's a new thing. We're doing a new thing. Follow me. For times of refreshing are coming. Times of refreshing is needed. Times of refreshing, I desire. So here we are. The acts of the church. We start seeing what it is. They're coming together as a unit. And they're trying to go out into the world and make a difference. Jesus came at the right time. And I think he came, and he needed an example. And there was a Roman army at the time. And that Roman army and that kingdom itself was a good example for how he wanted the kingdom of heaven to be known. What God's intention was for the earth he could use, he could look at the Roman army and the Roman situation, all the government and all the, the kingdom and use that as his example. Let me just go into that. The Romans were very good at colonizing. They'd have a base. And in that base, let's say Rome, they'd go out to other places and take over. Snorbles' base, just like Snorbles. It was taken over. They didn't kill the indigenous people. They transformed their thinking. It was Caesar's ambition to conquer the whole world by colonization. And that word is derived from this organ we have. It's this colon, this thing that attaches our mouth to the lower parts. Where the word really pushes, where it starts in the head, what starts here is pushed down to the bottom. <laughs> Emphasis added. But what started in Rome was then pushed forward to the other places in the world, to different locations, places like St. Albans. So from Rome, they were able to give a command, and whatever happened in Rome happened in the place they were colonizing. Same way like God. Kingdom of heaven and earth. According to Genesis, we were made in his image and likeness, and we were given the earth. Let them have dominion over the land. But it's been his will and intent that the kingdom of heaven is established in a physical realm, from a spiritual realm to a physical realm. It's his intent that he sees the difference that what happens in the kingdom of heaven happens here on earth. Hmm. Do, you, do you see where I'm going? There's a governor. A governor is used to be placed in the environment that they're taken over. And the governor would stand in his, in his house, in the mansion, the governor's mansion, and he would give the laws and decrees of the land he's representing, an ambassador, if you wish. And in that land, he would give commands of how the people should live. My family is from Barbados, and we were colonized by... Uh, United Kingdom as such. That's why in Barbados we drive on the left-hand side of the road. That's why we speak English. That's why we have the same decrees and, and, and laws as, as England. And that's why we drink tea. 
But the governor at the time would speak and give direction for that country to be established. God has the same governor. The governor here is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes along, and he stands in the temple, which is man-made, sorry, which is God-made, which is us, indwelling, giving us direction. That from the kingdom of heaven, God may come in and give demand and give direction to us that we may have heaven on earth. In the beginning, there was a problem. The Holy Spirit, being the governor, was dwelling, but we evicted him out, saying that we don't want this. We want our own way. Adam and Eve, you heard the story, right? I hope so. Because <laughs> committed sin, and basically, we, it's like there was a revolt, if you wish, in the kingdom, saying, I no longer want this way. I, I want to do it my own way. And in that sense, the Holy Spirit must have retracted back and said, I, I can't stay in this position if they're pushing back. So you can imagine the Holy Spirit like going back to heaven and seeing Jesus saying, there's a problem down there. It's like God turning around saying, yeah, there's a big issue. They're supposed to be in this garden of Eden. They're supposed to establish this garden and keep moving out to the ends of the world. They're trying to develop that, but it's not working. And that fact, we have to kick them out because they cannot stay in this situation with evil in their heart because the, the world's becoming corrupt. And you can see for the whole of the old scripture, the, the, new, the Old Testament, you can see where there's problems after problems because of sin, because of sin. Sin is the problem that we're facing. Sin is the enemy that we have. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual things. It's the sin that has, dis that has pulled us away from God and why we are so desperately in need for the Holy Spirit to be a part of our lives, to change us completely from inside out. But what happens is this. Here is the king and the Holy Spirit being the governor coming back to the land, coming back to earth, saying this is not good enough. King Jesus comes and takes it on himself and says, this is our land. This is not the enemy's land. This is our land. And he brings along the Holy Spirit with him, the comforter. So you can imagine these guys roll up, the king and, the, and, and this guy called the governor standing there saying, this is not on. And Jesus dies on the cross and he makes a way that the governor can now dwell back inside of us because the house was not clean. But because of Jesus, the house becomes clean. He can now dwell back in his rightful place, which is within us. You understand? He now gives us the power. He gives us the right to be called ambassadors. And with that, with that call, we have a great charge. To who much is given, much is required. And it is our duty now to go forth into the world and transform it that it may look a bit like the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus was talking about. Repent, for the kingdom of God draweth near. Repent, change your way of thinking because it's coming. It needs to, you can't do what you used to do. You can't keep doing the half-hearted thing. Repent and come with me, change your thinking. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is where the, the, the church has started to use because those who said yes to him and start to know him and his intent are called the called out ones. The word church in the Greek is actually called ekklesia. And the word ekklesia is used over 115 times in the New Testament. 
The word comes from the Greek word ek, which means out, and kaleo, which means call. So by definition, the word means called out ones. Selected. For this time, for, for this season, selected because of importance, not just because of a man and a woman comes together and produces a child. No, selected and called forth at an appropriate time. Hand-picked and used. And this is what we see in Acts. We see the guys developing and the women standing around and saying, look, I wanted the Holy Spirit. I need it to be within me, to, to transform me, to go and do great exploits and to speak this word that, that God and man are not distant anymore. They're hungry. And in that hunger, they get fed. And they go forth. And they go forth with power and change everything around them. We look at all the, uh, the story of Paul and, and Silas in Acts 17. And, and Paul is going around on these missions, constantly speaking about how Jesus has uh, his died for you. And he, he's, he's risen three days later and that there's power now and that you should change the way you think. He's speaking the gospel and people are beginning to believe. And in this particular story, uh, he, he's, um, he's in a Judean synagogue in Thessalonia and, and, and it seems like it's all going well. People are being receptive to what he's saying. People are, are yearning up saying, yeah, I, I understand that. And people are becoming saved, if you wish. But some people weren't happy about this. Hear, hear the story, look, in verses 5. But other Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have come here. And Jason has welcomed them in his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. These men will go around, and it sounds like they're causing trouble because they're causing an uproar within the kingdom at the time. They were saying there's not just King Caesar, there's someone far greater who we are now dealing with, and that is King Jesus. That caused the problem. The things that Caesar is saying for you to do, actually, no, they may contradict some of the things of the kingdom of heaven. That was causing the problem. The kingdom was not doing too good, the Roman army. Uh, the Roman kingdom wasn't doing particularly well. It wasn't particularly moral. And here we are, we're having some moral teachings changing the way that they see things. And they did not like that. But that was the very mission of the church. The called out ones, the selected to go before men and say, actually, what you're doing is wrong. Change your way of thinking. Come back and let me show you something new. They walked within power and authority. It wasn't by might nor power, but by the spirit within them. And that was what was great. In Acts 1 and verses 8, which Mark alluded to last week, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes among you, when it indwells in you. In the past, it only came on, in, like in the Old Testament. People at the time, like prophets, would rise up. And the, the Spirit would dwell on them. They'd be used. <laughs> they'd be used. And then they'd go, they'd go away. But now it indwells within us. And because it indwells within us, there were witnesses not just to here, but to Jerusalem and to Judea and, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Ends of the earth is here. In St. Albans. The axe is still living. The book never closed. It's still alive. 
Dunamis power was given to us. When we say power, the real word there in the Greek is dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. We were given such power, but we don't know what we've got. It's like having these weapons of warfare, and we're going down saying, oh my gosh, I'm getting slaughtered here, and you've got the sword right in your hand. It's like we've forgotten who we are. The Greek for dunamis, the word itself was mentioned 120 times in the New Testament. It means strength, power, ability. And it was able to do so much when they realized what they had. They transformed the world not by their own efforts, but because of the, but by because of the spirit of God within them. And it's that same spirit that is available to you and I today. Power was given to the called out ones. I use the example of um, a police officer having authority. I was a, a special constable in St. Albans for some time. And I was given my, my warrant card. And when I had that warrant card, I was then empowered by the government, the queen, if you wish, to go and do what's necessary to uphold the law. My job was not to be a judge. I wasn't able to take the decision, but I was able to take the person out of society, place them before a judge for a job to make the decision on what's gone wrong. That is the same power that we have. We're given dunamis power. We're given authority that we may stand in the situations that we see in life day in, day out, and say, no, that is not good enough. No, actually, injustice is not right. No, the way that you're living, my friend, is not right. When things are going wrong in our life, when we still see people getting children being hurt in the wrong way, sexually abused, or whatever it may be, we have the right to say, no, it's not right. By the power invested in me, I can pull you out of this situation. I used to, as a police officer, you had to lay hands on someone to arrest someone. <laughs> lay hands. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, you're able to go into a situation, you're given the right and the power, you have the jurisdiction of an ambassador. You're able to speak the words of God and his kingdom intent, his values, his principles over a situation, over an environment. You are ambassadors. So you should not worry about how will I pay the rent or the job. You shouldn't worry about things that are where the kids are going to go to school. Don't worry about them. They're important things. But if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all those things you're concerned about are added to you. For as an ambassador, you don't worry about that. It's, it, the house is the government's house. The school they go to is paid for by the government because you represent the intent of the government. And that is the same thing for you and I. We were given the rights to be called sons and daughters. Being the rights to become an ambassador to change the world around us so we won't just get frustrated, excuse me. We won't just get frustrated and feel like we can't do anything. Because I look around St. Albans, I still see young men who are drifting. I look around St. Albans, I see women who are struggling. I see men abusing women still. And we can't be in a position where we say we can't do anything, no. Light is stronger than darkness. Darkness is not a substance. Darkness is the absence of light. And we have the right to stand up and say, no, this is not good enough. This cannot stand like this. By the power invested in me, by the Holy Spirit that's in me, I command this demon to come out. I command healing in your name, in Jesus' name. My intent for this, and in, in, the, in the book of Acts, is that the church was not recessive and it was not on the defense, it was on the attack. Amen. 
And this is the mentality I'm pushing towards you this morning. I think God is trying to say, actually, the gates of hell shall not prevail. And the gates, and the gates of hell are removable in the sense that they're not moving towards us. Gates, okay, that's supposed to be gates. <laughs> they're not moving towards us like he's aggressing us. No, the gates of hell, when you kick it, has to open. It cannot prevail. Ah, you get it? Come on, come on, come on. The gates can't come after us like, oh, the enemy's after me. And look what he's doing. And, oh, I'm going to back again. And I'm backing away again. No, 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 no. It's this way. Move. Move. I've got things to do. Move. We've got to change this city. We've got to change this nation. We've got to change. We've got to rise up. Our calling is not to sit down and be recessive. I love to have church. I love to sit and I love to be in the presence of the Lord. But he says, my house will be called a house of prayer, first and foremost. And that actually it's not a building made by hands of, of, of men. The church is the people. He will not dwell in anything made by a man. Read the scriptures yourself. He's made us so he can dwell in us. We are the people. We are the chosen generation. We are the royal priesthood. And we have a work to do. We've been established for this time. This looks lovely, but if it should it go, we'll still be alive. This helps though. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I believe that the world is dreaming if anyone reads Acts just a little bit, which I encourage you all to do, even the first four chapters, you will see that visions, dreams, and wonders are taking place. And in each of those points, is given direction to the believer. And they go and they say yes, because the Lord is saying, I am willing and I'm wanting to do so much, but are you willing? Are you willing to say yeah, whatever I ask you to do? Even now I declare that you will have more dreams, visions and wonders in front of you. Not to get excited and to say praise God, but actually to listen to what he's saying to you. Look back in scriptures when you think about people like Joseph, who went to Pharaoh's house for the wrong reason, but yet he was able to interpret someone's dream, Pharaoh's dream, and because of that interpretation, a whole nation was changed. I believe that this world is having dreams and wonders, and it's for us to interpret it for them. It's for us to understand, give God to give the wisdom on what's happening. All we need to do is look at the movies, angels, demons. They want to know about the supernatural. Wizardry, they're excited and the world wants to know about these things. There's always something about a hero, as we spoke last week. The world has these visions and dreams and they're played out in front of us, but all they need to be is interpreted for them, just for them. Actually, maybe God is trying to get your, 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 your attention right now. And it's for us to come along and understand and get word for that. One finger on your palm. Go, tap. Come on, tap. I believe where we are right now, the spirit is poured out on us, okay? His promise is fulfilled in the sense. Keep going, keep going, keep going, two fingers. It's like rain when the spirit comes and it fills our soul and changes us completely, but we're having more dreams and more visions and we we seem to be more receptive to what's happening in the spiritual world. The the, the, the line between, the, the, the void between heaven and earth is changing three fingers. It's getting heavier because this is the season that we're in and this is what's required right now. Four fingers. Five, tap. That's where we want to be. That's where we want to be. 
That's the Holy Spirit being released upon us in such a way that actually when you walk in a room, just like it was recorded in scriptures, even your handkerchief changes the situation. That it won't be by you and your, you think that I have to have the intellectual mind to, 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 to speak to someone. That actually you rely purely on the Holy Spirit. And that these signs and wonders are used to glorify God, to bring others in. That is the season that we're in. And when you're in that position, you can go forth. And I encourage you all that in all spheres of life, whether it be media, political, education, business, entertainment, healthcare, public, private sector, whatever it is, or just a family person, that you would now go into those spheres and be salt to the light, to the world. That you would be light in all those circumstances. And that you would not be afraid to take the risk and go forward. But rather than be pulled back and say, actually, no, I can't do that. Worms if this goes wrong and worms if this happens. No, actually, you listen to God. If God is saying you to do something, do it. The church of Acts had a whatever costs mentality. The church of Acts had no excuses. Paul was stoned, it says in scripture, whipped, locked up, shipwrecked. He went to go preach the gospel and he's put in jail. He's beaten, publicly humiliated, yet he still went on. He said he had this fawn in his flesh, whatever that may have been. And he asked God three times to take it away and God said, my grace is sufficient each time. Maybe you need to turn your mess and all your situations into a message. I don't understand why some people are delivered from certain infirmities or sicknesses and others aren't. I don't know why some people go through problems. I can't answer that. And that's for you and God. But from looking at scripture, the heart of man must be in such a way that whatever is thrown at us, we hold steadfast to the call that is on our life and that you keep going forward. And this is why the comfort is here. The Holy Spirit, it's not just to give us a hug when it goes wrong. It's actually to say, keep going. In the Roman army, use the analogy again, you had those who were called in because they wanted to be there. And you had those there because it was their time. It was they were of the age. And those that were at the front were those worried ones. I have to be here because it's, it's my age. And I've just got to serve my country. And then you've got the big guys behind going, oh, here, keep going, keep going. Yeah, and they want to be in that fight. They employed something called a comforter, which was a guy on a horse with a long stick. And they would point and push the guys who were worried, saying, keep going. Keep moving forward. It's going to be okay. Keep going. And that's the same thing the Holy Spirit does to us. Not just gives us warm, fuzzy hugs, which is lovely. No. He goes much deeper than that and says, get up, keep moving forward. I know it's hard, but keep going forward. Understand that the pleasures to come and the greatness which is in the kingdom of God is going to be far greater than anything this world can ever offer you. The church of Acts was not a lukewarm church. It wasn't half-hearted like we hear in, in Revelations. We speak of a church that is, it rises up which is lukewarm and God says you're neither hot nor you're cold. And I can't take that, so I spew you out. Be one of the two and we hope you'll be hot. 
And in this hotness, they were going to do great exploits. They were fire for God, and it meant some things changing in their life. That means they prioritized. What was the most important thing? And that means maybe getting up a little earlier in the morning to spend some good quality time with God. You know in your relationships, when it goes wrong is when the communication breaks down. You know that? When there's limited communication, the relationship tends to drift. The key to any relationship is communication. And I'd encourage you to spend more time in the presence of the Lord. That may mean getting up earlier. That means maybe some time after, was it Gogglebox? What do we watch now? EastEnders or whatever it is. Actually making some specific times in your diary where you can spend and hear, the, hear God. Because in this season, God is pouring out and he's saying, whoever will, that if you're serious about this, God will turn up. Because God is wanting this and our city to change and our nation to change and this world to change. And he's looking for any option. And if you say yes, he say yes. No one's discounted. Everyone's important. Some of you will hide away to say as if, no, that can't be me. But no, God is saying, I want you. I desire you. I need you to do this. I'm coming down. In terms of the church of the Acts, in Acts, seize the moment. They knew what time, how little time they had. They wasn't sure if God would be coming back, Jesus would be coming back straight away, or it would be happening in a, a few years' time. We don't know either. We don't know how long we've got. The average man lives to about 75, and we hope a lot later than that. Three school years and ten, I think scripture refers to as an average man living. I'm 30 this year. It has gone quick. Some of you are a lot younger than me. Some of you are a lot older than me. And what I'm about to say, bring no offense to it, but listen. 75 years is a long time, but it goes quick. That's 27,000 days, 370, sorry, 27,375 days. Now, if I take away the, years I, the days I've lived, which is 30 years, it's 10,950 days. That leaves 16,425 days left. We have a good day, but a third of that we sleep, so we take a third away. We take away 5,475, that's left with 10,000 days, 10,950 days. I'm a mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> it's not to discourage anyone, but that 10,000 doesn't look too big to me. I, in my mind, I thought I'd have a lot more. That's an average age, okay? Some of you are a lot closer to that mark. 5,000, 6,000, even lower. Some of you, they say you're on overtime. You're going far past that and and God to be the glory. But I say this to encourage you that we have not got time to wait. That actually we got things to do and that outside is dying and is requiring us to stand up and be the very things we've been called. So get up, church. May the seeds that are within you rise. May the call of God that's been on your life develop. May the missions, the, the visions and the, the things that you have, you've, you've, you've desired come to fruition. He's given everyone a purpose, everyone a meaning and gifts and talents. May they be developed and used. In closing, we didn't have a story about Paul saying farewell to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, 22 to 24. Have a listen. 
And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. I think that echoes the intent of God's heart and what the church really is or was in Acts. And I'd ask us to reflect on ourselves and where we are as a church and as a people. Is that really our intent? I think for many of us it is, but we're kind of fearful at times. And just like in Acts, many stood up and said, you know what, I pray for boldness, that I can go and do great exploits for whatever's thrown at me, whether it be prison, hardships, difficulties, I'll take it because I just, there's nothing more in my life than to go out and speak the life to someone who is dying. Do you understand with me, guys? I think the worship team would be awesome to come up. I say this as a personal testimony. The first session really did not go well at all. And part of me could say you can give up at that because it didn't come across and you're in front of your people that you love, but you, it didn't go right. And you could give up at the first hurdle. And for many of you, I think that's a situation in life as well. You come to a, a point where you feel embarrassed or you're worried about things that have gone wrong in the past. And that can be your hurdle because you're so stuck in that. But actually, God gives you the grace to overcome. And he says, whatever situation you're in, actually, you can walk forward. And don't be afraid because it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. Father, we ask for boldness this afternoon. We ask that you fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh. We ask that you'll continue, you change us from inside out, that actually we will not be afraid and that we'll have the same heart and intent as Paul did and that I will do whatever's necessary. I'll do whatever's necessary for your kingdom, whatever the cost, Lord, whatever the cost to change this world, whatever the cost to change those around me, whatever the cost, I'll do it. I'm scared, but you make me strong. I make mistakes, but you make me stronger. Whatever the cost, Father, I'll do it. And I pray over you even right now that you have ministries setting in your minds, opening up, that you'd have more dreams, signs and wonders, that you would understand what it is that you've been called for. You're not just a mistake. You're not a mistake. You've been made for an intent, for a purpose and a season. It's for now you're here. Why are we here? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just on the last note, I pray for anyone here today who does not know the Lord, and is not a part of this kingdom as such, I would ask you and invite you that if you want to know him for yourself, no matter how old you are, how young you are, I ask you just to raise your hand quickly and just acknowledge you where you are and I pray for you. Bless you guys. Holy Spirit, I ask you for those who have just raised their hand. Thank you for their life. And I ask, Lord, that they said with confession of their mouth that the Lord Jesus lives and reigns that they are saved. So be saved, Holy Spirit, come and fill all people here with a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. And if any of you guys feel as if God is speaking to you and that is, there's more, and you, 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 you know there's something else going on, more spirit, I want you to come down to my right, your left, 
and be prayed for. In Jesus' name. Amen.